Hey guys, welcome to Weak Woman Perfect God, the podcast. On this show, we will unveil and define how to truly invite God's power to be perfected in your weakness and hardship, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Each week, you will be empowered and equipped to find beauty in your weakness, embrace the journey, and rest in the arms of a perfect God. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I am your host, Alexis Shea, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to yet another installment of Week Woman Perfect Got the Podcast. So if you tuned into last week's episode entitled The W Word, we kind of talked about waiting. And this week, I believe after I finished recording that first piece, God actually began to speak to me a little bit more and it began to expand. So this week we're going a little bit deeper. So on this episode, we are going to be discussing how to wait and why we wait. So immediately after I recorded that episode, I had started the process of editing the episode and I hopped on social media just to take a break. And I saw this post um, from one of my good friends. She had shared it on her page and it said, when you... When you realize or when you recognize that God is never late, you wait differently. And I was like, hmm. So that made me kind of think about, I guess the words that really stuck out to me in that post was you wait differently, which alluded to the fact that there is a way to wait. There's a method of waiting when you feel as though it is a punishment which is which was has sort of been my experience lately. Um, and then there's a method of waiting when you understand that God is never late, that he's sovereign, that he's on time. And so I'm a vision board person. You know, I have a, a glass encased vision board with graphics that I created myself and I have a word and I have scripture. And this is something that I do um, not every year because my vision doesn't change year by year. Um, but every few years, you know, God will give me an, a new direction or just uh, something that he's trying to grow me in. And so 2020, I created my 2021 vision board that I'm currently still on today. I still have some of those same goals, same visions. And the word was discipline. And so I found scripture um, in Hebrews where it talks about the discipline of the Lord how it's not a punishment. And I found these quotes. And one of the quotes that I put on my vision board was, suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. And so after I had recorded that this the, this last episode on waiting, so if you haven't listened to it, pause this and go listen so you can just understand some of the references that I'm making. But I was in the mirror just getting ready for work and I remember God saying to me 
the reason why some of my regrets are so strong is because I've been suffering from the pain of regret. So having that lack of discipline, not suffering from the pain of discipline, I've been suffering from the pain of regrets, you know, having regrets about things, regrets about some of the decisions I've chosen instead of being disciplined and sticking to the life that I know that I'm called to. So it was a a, a tough word to eat, (laughs) but um, I accepted it because, you know, that spoke so heavily to me because that's something that I wrote years ago. Uh, when God told me that he would be growing me in the area of discipline. And so here I am still on that journey to be strengthened in discipline. But in that quote, I actually wanted to point out in both of those scenarios, there is a measure of suffering involved. So whether you have the discipline lifestyle whether you have responsibility and you're showing up for yourself and you're taking care of what you need to take care of, handling your business, handling God's business, there is a a measure of suffering. And it makes me think of a scripture where Paul says, I beat the body, Um, like to bring the flesh into subjection to the will of the spirit. There is a measure of suffering that we feel because we are we are spirit with a soul encased in flesh. So you're not gonna bypass the feeling of your your flesh having to succumb to the spirit. Rather, there there's a, a measure of suffering. There's a price that you have to pay in order to walk into that level of discipline. Whereas um, on the opposite end of the spectrum there's also a measure of suffering for the person who decides that that is not for them i.e when that was my case um so uh, there's a measure of suffering in that and i i i have fellowship with that suffering before you know in my past we're gonna put it in the past and actually we're gonna say we're growing through it because this is something that i'm having to grow through and as i grow through it this is the wisdom that i'm able to share with you all so there's a, a measure of suffering that comes with regret you know not working out you're gonna, you know, when you start packing on the pounds, there's a measure of suffering with that regret, though they start to get weighty. And so I really wanted to speak on this in terms of how we are waiting on God. And I believe that with all waiting, there is a measure of suffering with all waiting. It really really wouldn't be waiting. You know, when we wait, on God, it is because there's something that he has spoken to us. There's a thing that he's promised to us or a thing that he's told us he's going to do in us or through us or for us or um, by us. Um, So we wait for the fulfillment of the words that he's spoken. You know, we think of Abraham and Sarah, the promise of a son, Isaac. They waited for years before receiving the promise you know Ishmael he was not the promise Isaac was the promise that God gave them and so 
when God spoke that promise to them, they entered a period of waiting. And because they had strong desire for what they, it's, it's like the scripture that says God will give you the desires of your heart. The interpretation that um, the prophet at my church gave me of that scripture was God will give the desires to your heart that are in line with his will. For example, if I don't know if I like marriage or if I'm not sure if I want to have children, eventually, you know, at some point in time, God will give that desire to my heart if it's his will. So some of us think that we want to be married because that's something that we want. But in in actuality, that is a desire that was given to us by God because that was his will for our lives. Because there are very well people who have no desire to be married and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. You know, it, it it's God's will for their life. But God has placed that desire on the inside of them. And so God will give those desires to your heart. So there's a a measure of weight, a measure of suffering, a measure, um, sometimes even pain in the period of waiting. Because what we are hoping for, what we are waiting for from God, we have strong desire for because he's spoken it, because it's in his will and because he's given that desire to our heart. So I want to make that point as well, that waiting isn't just supposed to be a frolic in the fields. It's not just supposed to be just a, a <laughs> rainbows and lollipops. But what we feel when we wait on God for something, you know, there are many people in the Bible, many testimonies in the Bible of people who also, you know, suffered, who also struggled, you know. Prime example, Sarah and Abraham, you know, they struggled with waiting. And so you they birthed a counter counterfeit. And so I, I want to point that out, that it is not a bad thing that you are feeling some of the things that you're feeling. But when those desires, when those feelings and emotions begin to overtake us, that is when we need to submit these things to the feet of God. And so. Um, The next point that I wanted to bring us to is self-control, you know, and it really heavily ties into the discipline. When you're waiting on God, if you believe for, for the one who believes that God is sovereign, for the one who believes that even though this is hard for me, even though I'm struggling at times with this, even though sometimes I feel like I can't go on, I trust in the one who made the promise to me. So you have to make up in yourself, you listening to this on the other side of this microphone, have to make up in your mind to go with God, to trust God, not what your pastors say, not what your friends are telling you about God. You have to develop roots with God and you have to know the person of the of the Godhead individually and collectively. You have to know Jesus. You have to know and have a relationship, an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to know God the Father. And when you truly plug in, lock in to that relationship, There's a level of trust that you have. This year, I've seen God show up for me in some of the ways that I've never experienced in my life before. And because of that, he's, he's a friend to me now. And so if I 
think of a circumstance in the natural. For example, one of my friends or my spiritual parent or my close, you know, my close girls. If I hear some someone say, you know, this person was talking about you behind your back. They done went behind you and did this, that, and the other. Immediately, I'm like, the devil is a liar. The devil is a lie because I know them. I trust them. I have people in my life that I I hold this this standard of belief with, you know, where I I can't, I'm not just going to believe anything about you. I trust you. You have my trust. You have earned my trust. You have earned, you know, it, even past your mistakes, you know, I I'm I'm with you, you know? And so I, this year, God gave me that with himself. And there were times where the enemy would come and and just do a drive-by on my mind, a whole drive-by, and would say things like, oh, God is punishing you. He doesn't care about you. He's going to, like, he's trying to hurt you. Like, that promise is never going to come. He lied to you. All these things, like, just come and flood my thought life. And I I had a, a major breakthrough in this area because usually I start believing those voices. You know, I'm like, oh, I have been here. It does feel like God has forgotten about me. You know, these people have been turning up, you know, and, and treating me a certain type of way. Or I have been being mishandled in this way or I have been taken advantage of. Or maybe God has forgotten about me. Everybody else around me seems to be getting blessed. But I had a major breakthrough in this area because when that voice returned to me, and this was recent, when that voice returned to me, I remembered my friend. I remembered my friend. No, 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 no. This is the same one who saved me, who saved my life. This is the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus who showed up for me when a demon was trying to attack me in my sleep. This is the same God who brought me out. I should have been dead. This is my friend. So watch watch your mouth, devil. Close your mouth in the name of Jesus. Close your mouth. Jesus. But I developed that depth within my relationship with him where I'm not just going to believe everything about you. And some of us, God is literally in this call, in this very moment, he is going to begin to lead you. Uh, The Bible says deep calls to deep. He's literally going to draw you out into deeper waters. Y'all got me finna speaking tongues up in here. (laughs) He is literally finna start drawing you out into deeper waters with himself. And you're going to get to that point where you trust him so much that even in 10 years, even in 12 years, you won't give up on him. You will stand faithful that the same God who saved me before, he shall return. He will return. He is faithful to every word and his word shall not return to him void. You got to grab a scripture that you believe like like 
like a, a scripture that has become your reality. Sometimes we hear God is not a man that he should lie, but in, deep down you still feel like he's a liar because you don't believe the promise that he told you is going to come to pass because every time the devil comes to you, attacks your mind with these thoughts, you believe them, which in turn is saying, God, you're a liar. You have to believe his word. The Bible if, oh my God, these pages are breathing. They have lungs. These pages, these words in this book are alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. This book is alive. And so you have to believe beyond, it is beyond your understanding that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man, that he would have to repent, that he would have need to repent. There's no need for him to repent because he's never lied. His word shall not return to him void, but just as the rain goes forth and it waters the ground, it accomplishes the purpose for which it was intended. So shall his word not return back to him. He watches over his word to perform it. So he's saying is, you know, I send my word out. It's going to, it's not going to, it doesn't have the authority to return back to my presence without <laughs> It's like when you um send a fax, <laughs> when you put a, I don't, I'm, I work in an office, so this is my reference, but I, you know, when you send out a fax, it sends back that confirmation, that, that certificate, that letter that says what you sent has been received. What you sent has, it has accomplished the purpose for which it was intended. And God has has set spiritual boundaries in place so that his words literally have do not have the authority do not have the legal right to enter his presence again unless they have a, a certificate of completion <laughs> unless they have a certificate a document a legal spiritual evidence that whatever i told you to do you did it like th that's power oh my goodness but we have to believe him at his word. And so this is why we wait, because we trust him, because he's faithful, because of, of Jesus, because of all that Jesus paid. You know, he, he died for all of our sins. So we wait because of who we're waiting on. He is perfect and he, he is amazing. And so I heard this, and I'm going to close with this, but I heard this study. I was listening, actually listening to Prophet Ugo, and he talked about this study in the 1950s by a professor at John Hopkins University. His name was Kurt Richter, and he, he did this experiment with rats. And what he did, he placed, I, I believe it was 12 rats in a bucket of water and he he just observed them you know what they would do some you know would swim to the bottom and explore in the bucket just I guess to see what was at the bottom of the bucket and drown in two minutes others you know would swim at the top and and just kind of die off of exhaustion after a while but he placed he placed these rats in a bucket and he observed how long it takes them to drown and so after about 15 minutes, he noticed that all the rats had drowned. And so, and, and it's a little side note, it is a little cruel, <laughs> but it was so powerful 
because he performed this experiment a second time. And so after noticing that the rats drowned after 15 minutes, he placed them in the water and observed them. And right when they were on the brink of drowning, he pulled them out of the water and helped them to recover. And the rats that recovered, the rats that he saved from drowning, when placed back in the water, they swam for 60 hours. This is the power of hope. These rats swam for another 60 hours, whereas in 15 minutes, they would drown. But they believe that the same hand that saved me before is going to save me again. The same hand that saved me and allowed me to recover, that brought me out, that, that brought me out when I was on the brink of death is going to save me again. So when you are at that moment where you can't feel God, you can't sense him, you can't trace him, and you feel as though you are losing, as you are lost, as if he's forgotten about you, call to mind the same God who has saved you before. Call to mind the the things that his hand has brought you out of and remember these things and ponder on these things and yet have hope. And so the last thing I want to read is a scripture in Lamentations 3. I'll start in verse 21. But it says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Verse 26 says, it is good that one, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him. My God, let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he calls grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love he will not cast off forever and though it seems as though you have experienced great suffering great grief great pain god will yet have compassion on you so i pray this blessed you all right back let me know your thoughts let me know if this is speaking to you because child this the show nothing gathered me this fine morning but thank you guys for tuning in to another episode i pray that this truly truly touched you and i pray that you are changed forever i pray that god continues to deepen your relationship with him that you may believe him at his word when he says he loves you when he promises when he speaks his his promises to you so that is all i have for you all today and i'm gonna catch you guys on the flip and y'all have a, a lovely day bye guys mm-hmm.